0: Everyone, welcome to Grip Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Trevor and Connor. We've got a tournament to talk about.
1: Yeah, disc golf is back. Felt good, didn't it? It happened. Felt good. Uh, But first, we're
0: gonna go over a Patreon question of the week. We'll talk through a little Las Vegas challenge. Do some way too early season predictions. Now that we've seen the field. Uh, Trevor's trivia will go down. There's a new Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship format that was announced. Called it. Uh, and Natalie Ryan has initiated a lawsuit against the PBGA and the Disc Golf Pro Tour. So pretty packed show. But let's kick it off with the Patreon question of the week. So our Patreon, the Heiser Club. If you haven't heard of it, basically you can go over to patreon.com slash foundation disc golf and learn more. But one of the perks that they get is a weekly podcast called The Mailbag where they get to send in questions. We've been It's actually been popping off recently. It is very good time. Um, very it's good getting time. to be a pretty it's long podcast off. where we answer their deepest, darkest, intimate questions. Give them a little uh, behind Always the scenes deep and dark look. and intimate. Yes. Um, and yeah, it's a good time. That happens every Friday. So if you want to get access to that, you can head over to patreon.com slash foundation disc golf. But the question of the week this week, I thought it was pretty... Uh, on the nose, I guess you could say, mm. from Justin McDaniel, he said, "Who do you think is going to get the most elite series and major wins this year on tour?" So when we originally a- answered this, we had like one round of disc golf under our belt, like we had seen only one round. Now that we've seen an entire tournament, who do you think is going to get the most elite
1: series and major wins this year on tour? Hmm, I got easy
0: answer, Calvin. Yeah, Hinder. and I got it. <laughs> I do have to say that it, it's a very,
1: it's a very tempting answer as well. Um, because like, there are certain players that if they get the monkey off their back early in the season and get that first win out of the way, you better watch. Did out. you
0: see Calvin? I think Statmando tweeted his average
1: stroke win. It's tiny, .67. Yeah, he doesn't win by a lot. <laughs> he had never come back from from more than three strokes down at after any round in any tournament for a win. I was like, what? So, but I, I would say like there are certain. I don't know if Calvin is that guy. Like if Paul had won this early in the year I'd be like oh boy people probably should be a little worried about that but with Calvin winning I don't know if it really changes Rick is the problem with Rick is right now he's got this injury thing going on so it's like he's a little up in the air because like he's somebody that I would have guessed I think I said Gannon on that podcast Gannon didn't play super well this week Um, I'll go ahead and take the easy answer and just say Calvin I could because I could see Calvin winning three or three or four and I could see that number being hard to top this year.
0: Yeah. Um, after seeing the field, no one shocked me, so I'm gonna just go with what I know and just go Ricky again. Yeah. he obviously wasn't there, so it's impossible to know how, what, what form he's in.
1: No Rick, no Dickerson.:
0: There's also no Dickerson. But Chris, it's hard to win when you don't play all the events. So I me there last year, though. Um, True facts. But I'm gonna go Rick. Mr. Kennedy.
2: Kinder I would continuity. say just, I have insider information on the statistics of the, uh, of this year so far. And I'm going to have to say Calvin Heinberg just based off of the statistics that I've received personally.
0: FPO, it's too early to tell. <laughs> I to still just say Kristen.
2: I would as well. Yeah, I think that yes, makes the most I mean, sense. She wasn't. I have no, I, MP, this is the first year where MPO, I really don't have a guess. Yeah. I really don't really know. Yeah. There's a lot of players that can it's win. That's kind of how it is these, yeah. these days. Yeah.
0: So what I think, like, is going on with MPO at least is, um, I think MPO this year more than ever. You're gonna see your normal guys: the like Calvin, Paul, Dickerson, Ricky, Eagle. I think Simon we might be able to put it as a normal guy, although he kind of was cheeks towards the end of this weekend. He was cheeks. Um, but then I think you're gonna have like course specialists show up. Yeah. Like Kevin Jones, Ezra Aderhold, Drew Gibson. I think they don't do as well if this isn't an open course. Yeah. So I think that's what like. Week in and week out, before it was just like the top people all the time, but now I think it's like the top people plus people that are really good at courses.
1: Yeah, that makes like sense. Like
0: Isaac Robinson at Idaho last year.
1: Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um,
0: so FPO wise, this past weekend we had Katrina Allen taking it down by four over Missy Gannon and Holland Hanley. Katrina Allen, uh, I don't think ever lost control of this event ever. I think she. I think
1: yeah, very the, close play, to on the
0: disc golf network. I think they said she got the lead on hole one. Of the first round she and never gave it. A never wire, gave it a up. Wire. I think she did. Yeah, she um,
1: uh, she well, almost she tried to give it yeah, up. Yeah, she tried. She tried. She
0: tried very hard. She was three over through ten uh, in the final round. Damn. And if Missy Gannon or Ella Hansen could have just held it together and figured it out for like one or two more holes at a time, they probably would have won. It's for really instance, true. on hole ten and eleven. Hole ten, Missy Gannon took three strokes to bring it within. I believe it was two mm-hmm. at that point. But then on the next hole, turned her drive over, went OB, and gave two strokes right back to Cat. Yeah. Well, and Ella Hanson, closer. there was multiple times where, like, it was like, oh, if she makes this putt, it could be... And then she wouldn't make the putt. Yeah. It was very sad, to be honest, sitting mm-hmm. at home.
1: Yeah, it was. And, I, uh, it was, like, and this is, like, unfortunately, this is sometimes can be a common theme I've seen in the FPO division is you get to the final day. And I think it just a lot of this has to do with just the lack of parity in the field. Like the field just isn't as deep, so like that is this is a symptom of that. Like you, you could say like obviously the MPO field this won't happen as much just because of the sheer numbers, um, and so there will just inevitably be more guys that are going to have a great day. But that being said, what happens in these FPO final rounds, and like I said, it's a symptom of the of the numbers to start with, is you have these final rounds where somebody is in the lead. In this case, significant lead, and it just turns into this, okay, who wants to win type thing. Like there was just nobody really that was in it in attack mode. Like you saw Hall and Hanley, but she was too far out of it. It was basically between um henna was kinda up there, but it really it was towards the end, especially it was Kat, um, Ella and Missy. And I mean Cat was basically just trying to hand it to him. It seemed like at points, just making some careless mistakes out there. Got as close as Missy taking three shots on her, and then immediately just coughing. Like every time that she would, that somebody would take one from her, they just cough it right back up. Yeah, it was, depressing. and it was just very frustrating to watch. Like I was, I. I'd rather see and Katrina they, didn't even,
0: they coughed it up in some oh to just be frank some bad, hideous ways.
1: Some bad mistakes. And 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 this is the first vent of the season, tough conditions. There's there's you know, there's a lot going on. But I, I'd rather see Katrina just dominate and cruise to the finish than like like I okay, if she's gonna give up strokes, then that's entertaining, but then I don't want to see the people chasing her just kind of squander it. Yeah. And it just turned into the, like this this like there was just a long stretch of golf where I was just like, What are they doing? Like I don't know. It was it was something. It was a bumbling, stumbling, rumbling finish, is what it was. They just kind of scraped their way to the finish line. But with that being said, Katrina Allen did what she had to do. Yep. So I can't I can't yeah. wrong her. It was a it, I felt like it was a can't lose tournament no, for she her. Definitely. And she did her job and she got the win. So congratulations. With
0: Val Mandahano, Kristen Tatar, and Paige Pierce not there. Yeah. Katrina Allen could not lose right. this week. And like it, s- she. She did what she had to do. Yeah, ultimately,
1: um, she she took care of business, and, and that's all you can say about it. Now,
0: you can, you can obviously question, like, if she plays that same final round, and you have Val, Kristen, and or Paige on her heels, does she still win? Doesn't matter. Guess we'll never fair. know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they weren't there, so it doesn't matter. Katrina Allen, though, coming into this weekend, it was a can't lose.
1: Affair. Five-time Vegas winner. It
0: was kind of like, to be honest with you, it was kind of like when, like, Paul or someone shows up to, like, an A tier or a B tier, and it's like, yeah, you can't lose that. Like, no yeah. one else is there. You have to win. She that was kind of what Katrina Allen just walked into this weekend.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and now, hey, she has a pro tour win. Uh, her under her belt. There was also another storyline that, um, before we get to the NPO side, well, it's kind of MPO and FPO. A lot of weird breaks, especially during the final round. Oh, my gosh. I listed some of them here. She's Katrina Allen hit a golf cart and stayed OB. Hit a golf cart, yeah. Uh, Kevin Jones stayed inbounds off of hitting the OB rope, which is... Very small. That's, that's just like crazy. Uh, I don't even know how that happened, but it did. AB hit a volunteer that was standing in the middle of the fairway and fell into a hazard, both the volunteer and his disc. Uh, Paul that's hit legendary. a goose.
1: Yeah, the goose um, was sick.
0: And Kevin Jones' final drive got smashed by the wind. And then Calvin Heinberg's final drive, I mean, he used the force on that thing. It just, I've never,
1: it, 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 I have never every, seen anything like signs that, All pointed <laughs> to that
0: going back OB. I've
1: never seen Connor hit his, his last drive, so... There on the hole 18 there, there's a short layup area and then water and then like a skinny landing area that's a little more aggressive and it's a par four. So if you hit that skinny landing area, you have a really good chance of getting up and down. Whereas if you lay up, it's a very tough. What hole hole is this? This 18. 18. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And Calvin has the tee and goes and throws a shot that looks like it's on a good line, but it's looking a little bit short to carry the water. Mm -hmm. And it goes, I guess that cart path wasn't OB. No, I
0: I thought it was. Because he was
1: shy of that. It'd be weird if that was playing like a river.
0: I thought I'll look up the caddy book. But the way they were talking on
1: coverage is so. In, like in any case, be. there was a like this much dirt on like a okay. vertical like this, then cart path, then the fairway. He landed on that patch of dirt. On a like, it was tilted towards the water. Just mm-hmm. landed on it, and it just didn't move. It just oh stuck there. Oh, my Gosh, I've never seen anything like it. This whole tournament, nothing was staying where it was supposed yeah. to. It just stuck there, and it was not bounce. Wow, <laughs> it was like from the from the first camera view, you just saw it go down. You go below straight the, to the slot machines after that. Yeah, you saw it go down beneath the hill, and then you saw a green flag, and I was like, "How is that possible? That would be weird if that car That's path crazy. was out."
0: I, I don't think the way you describe. I think you. I'm gonna look at the thing. I remember the car path being. I can find the shot again, but... Because, yeah, the car path is right next to the water, um, but I can't read it. OB, car path, and Pryor no, in front those, of the tee, left until yeah. rope. There's yeah.
1: dirt on the other side of the car path. That's where he landed. He was not... No, out.
0: he was on this side. He was on the fairway side of the car path.
1: That wouldn't make any sense in I that. I
0: promise you, that's where he landed.
1: I need to see it again. I need to see it again. Right. I, I promise again.
0: you that's where he landed. Because it was the car path, and it goes uphill to the fairway, and he dug into this side and flopped right there, because he was going to have to run up across the car path to throw.
1: Mm, Oh, yeah. Maybe it's just because I can't see the elevation. That's why I'm getting confused. Um, But I think this
0: section of car path, I can't read the freaking caddy book. This is the lowest quality PDF I've ever seen.
1: (laughs) Um, It was improbable. I think the car path was in bounds. It was?
0: Um, One of two holes on course where a portion of the car path and prior slash beyond is in bounds. I think it says this section of car path is in bounds. I think okay. that's what that's saying because I think it the OB of the cart path is there, and then once you get to this middle section, that makes the sense. The cart path, is, but essentially what they were saying on coverage is like a little bit farther past this uphill, skipping in the water right. most likely, hitting the cart path, probably still skipping in the water. Yeah, it was basically like that hillside was all you could hit he to had dig nothing. in. Yeah, um, but it was because I mean there was such a windy.
2: Okay, this is
0: it was so windy on that final uh, final day final hole that like. He had to give it a lot of height, so it was just coming in on the perfect angle. Because This, was a, um,
2: this is like a par three, right? Four. four. Oh, this was is where four. you okay. saw Kevin okay. Jones
0: did the of? opposite thing. Kevin Jones threw too low and just got smashed in the water. Um, so the MPO results, you had Calvin Heinberg win over I Ezra Aderhold and it. Kevin Jones. Um, yeah. yeah, KJ, <laughs> very impressive performance, uh, but... All tournament, very impressive performance. He was banging putts left and right. He even like had to switch up his putt to a more spin putt because of the wind in the final round. His putting was impressive. Um, it was a very impressive performance through the entire event, but mainly the final round down the stretch, he got so conservative. I think this was his play most of the tournament, mm-hmm. which it's fine, but you got to change up your play situationally, yeah, in I, my
1: opinion. I, I See, I have a hard time like, deciphering these situations because we have them a lot in disc golf, and it's totally... This is just a sports thing. It's like a lot of times you see this with like play calls in football where it's like had this worked out for him, people would be saying, wow, it was smart to play conservative. I still wouldn't have. But I I also wouldn't have. And my heart also always says like I see a spot where like Calvin, it was hole 16 or 17. 17. 17 that 500 on foot. On the long par three, Calvin throws it and he has like a 45, 50 footer. He's been making those putts. Clearly there's a chance that he could make birdie and Kevin lays up playing for a maybe par. Like it's hard to get up and down in those wins with those greens.
0: I mean, this takes me back to um Chris Dickerson GMC. Yeah,
1: right. And so like you're basically you're basically just saying, "Okay, go ahead and beat me." Like you're you're kind of putting it in Calvin's hands instead of your own. And and then he does a similar thing on 18. Uh, or not an eighteen. He did a similar thing on was it sixteen? The par four, the long par four. I mean,
0: all down the stretch, he was doing it. it well, on what the par four, at.
1: the eight hundred eighty-eight foot par four. Which one was that? 16? That's sixteen. Sixteen. So on that one, similar thing. He lays up first and just says, "All right, Calvin, go ahead and try and get him down and beat me." Like it was just a couple of opportunities there where, and maybe he just was. It just, he just knew in his mind, and this is something I won't know because I didn't see him throw every shot on those holes throughout the whole event. But maybe he just knew, like I just literally cannot bury that hole, and then I can't. I can't really fault him. But I just, I feel like I know Kevin Jones had the talent to make those throws. Definitely, and I, I just don't like the passive play there. And it clearly didn't pay out, especially when you're dealing with somebody like Calvin. Like there are certain players that you might be able to kind of make a move and be like, I don't think he's going to clutch up. I don't think he has it in him. Calvin Heinberg is a proven winner on tour and a guy who is pretty ice cold. So like, I'm not ever going to say. Yeah, I'll go ahead and just leave it up to Calvin to beat me because, like, nine times out of ten, Calvin's going to beat you. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it. I, like I said, it didn't pay. It's, off. One, it's one of those things where it could have paid off for him; it just didn't. And I feel like if you go out playing aggressive, it, I don't know, I would. It's a, it's a sucky situation to be in as a player.
0: Well, <laughs> like it just, it is. Personally, the mindset I always would rather be in in this type of situation is like. I want to be responsible for whether I won or lost. Yeah,
1: personally, I completely agree. Like, yeah, you don't want to go home thinking, what if I had like, actually yeah, played for Birdie? You don't want to I think, agree. You
0: don't like right now, Kevin could be sitting there going, Man, what if I would have went for it on hole sixteen? Right. What if I would have thrown the good drive on seventeen? Yeah. Like if you go you don't lose a stroke on sixteen to Calvin because you go for the right. green. You gain a stroke on seventeen on Calvin. Now you're up by two going to the final hole instead of tied. But I mean, it,
1: it goes both ways though. Because what if you had gone for it and bogeyed it? And but then that, in he's my opinion, like,
0: but in my <laughs> it opinion, just depends on who, like, I like how I, your play yeah, style. Is. I personally always fall in the camp of like, I would rather lose than like I'd rather play to win and lose than play to not lose and lose.
1: Yes, you know I, I, mean? I would I agree with that. I think that's the correct way to phrase it. Because yeah.
0: like, it's the same thing. Brody will disagree with me till he's blue in the face, but he's not going to change my mind on this. Chris Dickerson. <laughs> GMC hole 17 laid up last year. I think it was GMC last year, two years ago, whenever it was laid up a putt on 17 when he had, he was running them. He was killing it all tournament, lost all his momentum, lost the tee to Rick, lost the event to Rick. And it's like, you don't want to put it in someone's hands like Calvin or Rick. Yeah. Like you don't want to be like, here you go. It's your tournament to win or lose. Yeah.
1: I feel like I, I feel like I've just, they're probably going to win. Yeah. I, I feel like in disc golf, I have just, seen too many of this side of things where like this is and maybe i need people to to point out examples where the where the guy who played safe down the stretch ended up winning and i think there are scenarios where that might be the case but i keep seeing this one happen and maybe it just sticks out my mind more but if i if i keep seeing it it's going to keep reinforcing my opinion that like you should go out and take it no i I
0: always especially disc golf like it's an aggressive sport like it is by nature. Like you, you need to be aggressive. You need a lot of birdies. You need.
1: Yeah, it always has. It always has been that. Like way. that's just like, yeah. especially
0: in MPO. Like FPO, I fully understand Kevin Jones's play. Like that's what Chris and Datar did last year. Yeah. It's FPO, a lot of times you can take the stance of like someone beat me and you're gonna be on the right side of history. Right. MPO, that's not the case. There's too many people that there's, if you're yeah, like just so I'm gonna make guys. someone beat me, they're gonna beat you. Yeah. There's too many of them. Yeah. Even this weekend, I mean, they're realistic. Looking at this leaderboard, like Kyle Klein. He shredded the final round. I don't think same thing with Ezra Aderhold. I don't think they were really gonna win. No, uh, Ezra had one blemish, but people like Drew Gibson easily could have got there. Paul McBeth he he fell apart a little bit. Easily could have got there. You scroll down. Eagle McMahon went on a four-hole bogey stretch and then parred out. Easily could have got there. A B three-hole bogey stretch, parred out. Like there was a lot of players that like threw nine or ten holes. It wasn't a Calvin and, and Kevin show.
1: right? Was the it thing. was like
0: four or five yeah. people Calvin in and they just were going ha- back and Calvin forth. Calvin just
1: happened to be the one that actually uh, finished the job from that pack. But when you have that pack there, you have to know that one of those guys is going to challenge.
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. I think that maybe like one of the only things is that um, like that course does seem to sometimes punish an aggressive shot. So maybe he was just kind of waiting out, being like, if I just play safe, eventually they're going to get punished for playing aggressive and skip OB or something. I mean, that was definitely his but mindset. Still, I still don't think that it was smart, but...
1: That was definitely his mindset, but like I said, it, like we were saying, it, it's just like, do you want to go for the win and lose or try not to lose and lose? Like, I don't know. And a lot of people hate hate this take and 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 like say, well, he's playing to his strengths and whatever. And like, I... I empathize with that because I totally get it and I'm sure if I was Kevin Jones right now I'd be fighting very hard for my case like listen guys like I just what I I he might be saying things like guys I played those holes 10 times in practice and never even got close to burning them once like I did what was best for for my chances and like I understand that but I don't know I just see some players when you get to winning time you just see a different side of them and this aggressive like, a lot of the best players in the world i feel like get more aggressive the more it gets to winning time and i see that out of a calvin out of a paul the guys that are like like serial winners on tour like win a lot they just yeah. they just go after it on those final events and i think that's what separates them sometimes and I, I think that it's tough though too when you're in kevin jones's shoes and you're a guy that's has struggled to win i mean he had like a 913 days streak i think it's been since his last so tour bet, they said yeah. And so GMC, yeah. When you're in that spot and you're thinking, I really need to win, it's hard to, it's hard to gamble with it. When when you're a guy like Calvin who wins every year on tour, when you're a guy like Paul who wins every year on tour, it's a lot easier to gamble with that situation because you you find yourself. You know there you're going to be lot. back there again. Exactly. So I think I think that's what it comes down to. Is you're Kevin Jones and you just don't want to gamble with position that you don't know if you'll have again. Yeah. So it's it's tough. It's tough. I empathize with them.
0: No, but it, it was an impressive performance overall by kevin jones uh literally like only the last few holes is even when you can even say anything because like yeah even the first several hole like the front 11 he was playing almost as good as anyone out there realistically i mean some people were playing it better but for the position he was in like he was hitting putts he needed to hit his putt looked very solid overall um he did have a jump putt jones patch on his bag which i thought was funny yeah um, but, like, no, he, he looked solid. Like, he looked like the Kevin Jones that, like, you always picture in your head when mm-hmm. someone says, like, Kevin Jones. And then, yeah. like, you watch him play or you watch his name fall down the leaderboard and you're like, man, I, I picture a different Kevin Jones.
2: The Kevin Jones that you want to see. He's, yeah, that, that was he's kind so of talented. what was here this weekend. It's like
0: I, the <laughs> Kevin Jones you expect. Yeah. Um, and so, again, I feel like we, we always fall into this trap where yep. you expect Kevin Jones to be able to just do this week in and week out because he can. But there's something, there's just something that holds him back. Because, like, could Kevin Jones be this year's Luke Humphreys? Like, could he be here? he pop off at Waco again, and then the only other time we mentioned his name is, man, remember when Kevin Jones had those two good tournaments? Nah, dude,
1: we'll talk about him in Jonesboro.
0: Uh, in Jonesboro. Every year, <laughs> I think he's going to win Jonesboro.
1: <laughs> well, he choked it away a little bit last year.
0: But that's what I'm saying. It's like, he has all the talent in the world. Like, he, he is like... um yeah, he, he he's right up there where like he could be a household name with the Calvin's, the Paul. He's got all the Chris. shots.
1: He's got all the shots. There's just
0: something holding them back, and I think personally, it's he he needs to play his game, play aggressive. He needs to change up something and see it pay off in a win, mm-hmm. and then you get that confidence because that's what like Calvin and them have is like you're right. Calvin doesn't have a lot of emotion out there, and I think the reason is like he knows he's going to be back in this position. Right, like he doesn't feel like a I might not never be here again moment. Whereas mm. like some other guys get in that position and it's like, and that's a, I have to capitalize. So there's a real way thing, more man. pressure.
1: Yeah. That's such a real thing. Like there, there are so many disc golfers who will find their moment and think like, this is it. Like Robert Burridge, for example, last year um when he was up against Simon in that duel. And you're thinking you if you're Robert Burridge, you're trying to hit those putts down the stretch and you're like, this is my moment. Like I can't squander this. Like when yeah. will this come again? Whereas like Simon, just what he was doing last year. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like yeah, it's it's there is such a difference. It's really it's really difficult to be the guy who is trying to deal with that and overcome it.
0: Yeah, now another player that was pretty impressive until he wasn't was uh Anthony Barella.
1: <laughs> Out yeah. There this well, weekend. yeah, I mean we saw we basically saw what we expect, which is very talented, not a good enough putter, nor a consistent enough.
0: He but was, he was for 3 rounds he was there. He uh the last yeah. round he just shot 1 under. And had he shot seven under, he...
1: Still still learning a bag ties and land. playing out there in the wind. I think some shots did some things he didn't expect them to do. But it's also... A.B. is a guy that like... Yeah, his putt wasn't as good as it needs to be yet. Um, And then, yeah, we're playing at Vegas, which is of course that's going to suit his game dramatically. Like, dramatically suit his game in my mind. Take advantage of his distance... He knows how to play that terrain, plays in Arizona all the time. Um, so I don't know if we're not really going to get right now. It just seems like, yep, that's about what I expected. But we'll really find out more about him as the season goes on and if he is really going to be a force this year because his tournament was not shocking at all to me. No, yeah. Not in the slightest.
0: I agree. Now, one tournament that was pretty shocking to me because I thought this course plays really well with their game. They actually came out and they were in contention for a little bit and now they find themselves at 47th place is Simon Lazat. Yeah. Um pretty over on the final round. Very bad final round to be quite honest. Actually, did he what happened on the third round as well? Cuz surely surely couldn't have had a good third round either um to end up down there. Yeah, only 3 under. So mediocre third round um they basically shot even over the last two rounds to end up at 13 under. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he was up in the mix. Oh yeah. During the first two rounds, yeah. um it was like, okay, Simon didn't really miss a beat. I was kind of in my head like Simon or Eagle are winning this thing. This mm-hmm. is what I was thinking the first few days. Yeah. And to, to this morning I walked in and I like started scrolling trying to find like where did yeah. Simon end up? And I mean, he made the cut. So the worst he could have done was 49th, but he finished in 47th.
1: I'm telling you, I, I think Yeah, I think there what I saw out of a lot of players is like there's a reason why I think the four round tournament is the best because there are some guys who hanging on for four rounds is just really tough to do. It's really tough for everybody, but for some people especially. And I think you saw that out of somebody like Simon, um, and you saw it out of a few other players where like that that fourth round really kicked their butt a little bit. Um it's tough. like it, it, That fourth round can just be tough mentally, especially if you have a not-so-great third round. And now it's like, well, I'm kind of just here to try to move up the leaderboard a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I think there's probably a little bit of that going on. But I don't know. I think that you know he made the cut. He had some flashes of good things early in the tournament. So I don't think it's a complete failure for Simon. I think he probably learned a lot about his discs out there in the wind. Uh, so I'm not really... Gonna jump to any conclusions there. I, I'm. There was him and Gannon were two that I was very surprised to see drop the way they did after the first few rounds. Uh it, that always kind of shocks you a little bit because, you know, you're you're like, well, they've seen both the courses. What reason is there, like, other than just they had bad days? Like, it, yeah, they didn't do anything. So, yeah, too early to tell. And I don't. Like, this course suits Simon's game, but I think being so exposed in the wind with all the disc angle and skipping and all that action, like that was gonna be tough for a new bag no, to definitely. handle. So we'll have to just see as as things move on.
0: Now coverage overall, um, I thought it was pretty good. It was awesome. I thought it was great. It's yeah. Awesome. Was, I've someone told me that they switched the provider that they're using.
1: I didn't get any blur, any buffer. I
0: did see some people were complaining that it dropped out for like all of whole eighteen. Mm. Someone said that and I responded, I was like, I think it might have been your Wi-Fi. because like yeah. mine was crystal clear all the whole Same. 18, but then like tons of people were blowing me up in my response replies like, Well then how'd it happen to me too? Here's my download speed It happened to me too. I was like,
1: that didn't happen to me. Maybe
0: I got lucky. I don't yeah, know. Because no, I, I had crystal clear coverage the, the entire time.
1: My coverage experience is rocked.
0: Um the only problem I saw was they brought back the like leaderboard that was always showing the mm-hmm. top ten. And it's it ruined the scores several it
1: times. Updated, yeah. Where like
0: it would update, and I'd be like, "Oh, Paul birdied," and they're like, "All right, let's throw it over." Yeah, Paul's got so a fifty-five tough. footer. I'm they like, "Gotta stop doing oh, that." Oh, well, I know he hits this because right. like mm. you just updated. Yeah, there's not really a reason for that scoreboard to be there the whole time. No. like you can check UDisc if you want to see it, but also like just cut to it like before commercial breaks right. or whatever, and like they do a great job of every player they have their score pop up. Yeah, just do that. Yeah, well, yeah, and and when the score popped up up top, props to them. They had like where the leaders were sitting above it. So it was like a name. It showed their score. And then it said leaders yeah, 18. Yeah, yeah. That's all the context you need. Cause yeah. it'd be like Paul Macbeth, 16 under. And then I'd be like, like, if you are like, Oh, how far out is he? There's a little like pop up above that said leaders, 18 under. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I,
1: that back. is super frustrating when it updates or like, if you're going to show it, just don't cut to what we know just happened or like, or even just at least admit to it. Just be like, so you may have seen, you may have seen. Paul got a birdie. Let's let's go ahead and see how he did it. Like at least admit to yeah. it, so that it's not like like we know what happened, Ian. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was great. One thing I noticed as well the um, the line from the communication from booth to field. I didn't see it mess up once, and the delay was a lot shorter. The Delay was better, and the and Terry's voice sounded way better. There on was the a few end.
0: times where um, which
1: and Terry's positioning was signs, a plus. As always, all these
0: signs point to. Possibly just really good cell phone service weekend. Yes, possibly. Yes, doesn't <laughs> <So it's> not get our up too much. Yeah. Um, secondary, there was several times where, like, especially in the last round, lots of discs were getting very close to OB and Ian always just like his go-to lines, like, "Oh man, Terry." Yeah, where to go, Terry? Just like ends it like that. I'm like, want well, <laughs> to like, like get it like do, do something as far as like. Oh, like, like we all know you didn't see it. So maybe yeah. you'd be like, man, that seems like it's really close to OB. We'll have to have Terry Miller down there take a look and let us know. Yeah. Or something like that. But he would just be like, Terry, talk to me. I'm like, yeah. it, it, I don't know. It just makes me feel yeah. weird.
1: It is. there. It It's getting better. I think it definitely was getting the better. The delay between like, do we know a disc went out of bounds? Not. I'll also say the replay was so money. They were so fast on getting replays. That was really good. They they The camera positioning, other than the fact that freaking AB was getting hit, or hitting people he with didn't discs. He hit the cameraman. the cameraman. Or I was a rangefinder guy. That's Dodged true. Dodged the
0: disc because the rangefinder
1: finder. But <laughs> they they had like some good shots. I thought coverage was great. I was watching coverage like really proud of the product. I was really happy with it. Yeah. Like I like you said, we'll we'll see what happens when they go into a somewhere with worse cell reception. Yeah. But the uh, good start. Fi- the first day
0: free was received about how you'd expect. Mm-hmm. I think um, several people were very upset that they were like. Where's the final round? Like, why can't I watch the final round free? We're like, well, well, no, you get the first round free. Like, you got to see the feature cards. Final (laughs) rounds, you got to pay. And I saw saw a lot of people like, oh, great way to grow the sport, pro tour, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you got to look at it two ways. Because, like, sure, people can't stumble on the live coverage about growing the sport. But is anyone really first time watching disc golf stumbling on the live coverage? Mm -hmm. Probably not. And what actually grows the sport? People just stumbling on live coverage when there's post-producers to stumble on? (sighs) Or people... Paying the people that are and putting this product out there to be able to put out a better product. The thing
1: time. is, like, if you're and if you're a PDGA member, which means that it's only what five ninety nine a month, something like that. Like the product is very much good enough for that price. Like it is a really good time. You got a full weekend of like a ton of coverage. You can also
0: pay per round or per tournament. Yeah. If you're just like, I love GMC, but I hate the rest of the Pro Tour. You can just pay just for GMC yeah. or something.
1: It's live coverage has come a long and way. It's really good.
0: Post was still still next day for now mm-hmm. i don't think that's forever going to be next day but like that the grow the sport model is like post-produced just keep that being free i think it should be a week delayed personally we'll see if my prediction comes true there we'll talk about a prediction that came true later today uh but we'll see if that prediction comes true but you still grow the sport that way like people mm-hmm. will still stumble upon jomez or gatekeeper or whatever and the final round being behind the paywall like it makes more sense yeah it just makes more sense but, true. yeah, I thought the coverage overall was uh, very good. There was one other thing I was going to mention about the coverage, but I don't remember what it was anymore. Um, we won't even talk about Tournament Central. They, we'll, <laughs> we'll let them figure that one out. If you watched it, you know. Um, all right, let's get to some way too early uh, season predictions. People tend to like when we did this previously, so we're going to bring it back. Knee so we've seen, we've seen what we needed to see to now lock in season predictions yes uh my first one I'll start it off I think that Kevin Jones will not get a win this season unless he starts actually being aggressive down the stretch fair enough I mean I don't even know if that's a way too early season prediction I think that's just like a common sense prediction to me but <laughs> hey other people might think it's a wild take um and my other way too early season prediction this one could I could be very wrong on but after watching what I watched this weekend. I think there will only be one FPO winner outside of Val, Kristen, Paige, or Kat, but I don't think anyone outside of those four wins if they are all present at an event. I think if Val, Paige, Kristen, and Kat are all there, no one beats them.
1: Mm. That's interesting. But I
0: think throughout the year, one person outside of those four will win, but it's going to come at a tournament that not all four are there.
1: Okay.
2: Hmm.
0: I, I think I've got a seems few. To make
1: sense. I'll, I'll start with this one since it kind of ties in. And I'm going to say that Holland Hanley is going to get a win this year. There she is. She's the one. I think she could be that one. <laughs> I think that she she shows a lot of promise out there. Um, still developing player, new discs, shows some promise. So I, I think it should be interesting to watch this year. Uh, I think Eagle is going to struggle this year without a forehand. I think that he, he... did throw
0: one, so my bet... I don't remember who I made the bet Did he with. throw one? He threw an approach shot, like round one or okay. two. Okay, I didn't so, see it. So, I, um, I did lose that.
1: I think that just not having it at all as a crutch is going to... I don't, I'm i not going to say he won't win this year, because I bet he probably will. But he's going to struggle without the forehand, and I think that it is a shame, because he, has, he should be kicking butt out there.
0: Would Eagle have won this weekend with a forehand?
1: Mm, I can't really say I'm going absolutely yes I can't really say
0: There's like five or six holes That I Would have certainly helped Courses So across the event Probably like 10 to 20 Holes That I was like Eagle would throw this whole forehand all day, every day, and yeah. probably be parked. And he was struggling to even get there with like the backhand. He was like turned over too much. I was like, Those, there's yeah. a stroke. So I mean, like,
1: hole one was tough with him with the backhand. Like, yeah. I mean, that's
0: what I'm there were several, several holes out there. I was like, that's an Eagle McMahon forehand guaranteed park. The last, thing, can't I, throw
1: it. The last thing I wrote is that AB and KJ look like they still can't close. So I'm just going to say that if either of them have a lead, unless it's more than three strokes going into the final round, they're not keeping it. So do
0: do you think either of them get a win this year? No. Mm -hmm.
2: I've got one, um, and it is uh, that I don't think the eagle is going to win this year. I think he's going to come close, but he's not going. to. You don't think he's going to get a single win? I don't think he's going to get a single win. (sighs) I think he's going to come close.
0: You remember what he did? European Open without a forehand, right?
2: I just. He said what he
1: said, dude. Hey, I was just
2: asking a question. I was just asking a question. Supposed to be, you know, two early takes.
1: Said what he said.
2: Said what I said, meant what I said, and I said what yeah, right. Yeah, look, you absolutely
1: courted yourself.
2: Corded myself.
1: <laughs> get courted.
0: I got courted. All right. Before we get into the fan favorite segment, of Trevor's tribute, and take a moment to shout out a feature on our site. Uh, if you haven't seen this yet, when you're shopping discs on our site, there's a way to now shop risk-free. It's called Foundation Care. Essentially, you add it to your cart and uh, you add it per disc. So. Every time you add Foundation Care to your cart, you have one disc of your order covered for 30 days. You can take it out to the course, try it, throw it, have your buddies throw it, see if you like it. If you don't like it, no worries. You just send an email to our customer support, let them know that you had Foundation Care and you want to cover this disc. We'll pay for the return of shipping and we'll pay to send you out a new replacement disc of whatever. So like, let's say you love the Thunderbird, but you're like, hey... Dave Dunapace this weekend on coverage. That's what I was going to talk about. Not Dave Dunapace, but I just remembered something. Dave Dunapace this weekend on coverage was telling me Savant's like a beat in Thunderbird. I want to give that a try. Buy it. Use Foundation Care. It comes in. You are like, I don't know what this man was talking about. I hate this disc. No worries. Just send an email and exchange it for the Thunderbird that you know what you love. Boom. Savant's sick. Care. What I was going to say this weekend, I the, noticed the triple on coverage window. before we get to Trevor's trivia. Now back to normal podcast stuff. The um, I saw like manufacturers trying to be like use like subliminal marketing or subliminal messaging but way too obvious. Wait so what? Like, so Disc Craft for instance they had several commercials of um, their players talking about their favorite discs and at some point in all of them they mentioned that like my favorite run actually is just the stock one. Like I love like Missy Gannon was like the thrasher and like my favorite ones I ever gotten actually were the very first ones that were sent to me like just the stock thrasher. Paul was talking about like the PM line, the Athena, which that's the only available yeah. stock. Uh, Brody, I forget what Brody was talking about, the Vulture.
1: I don't think you sell the Brody one.
0: And he was like, the con- and like, the, to be honest with you, like the stock ones just right off the shelf are so consistent. I just love the stock ones. Paige was talking about the passion and same line. She was like, honestly, my favorite run of pa- passions, the stock ones. So I was like, okay, so Discraft is pretty obviously like pushing their stock, which I think that's a great, in my opinion, that's how all manufacturers should be going. Yes, is like yeah, makes we saw use that coming. players to move your stock plastic. Mm-hmm. And we can get away from all the special tour series, limited edition, all that runs because like same disc. Same disc and people can get them for cheaper. Yeah. So like you don't want people want to think. But then the other one and this one I thought was like the the discraft one I watched and I was like, that makes sense. Yeah. Like okay. This one, but but those were also in separate commercials. So that like subliminal marketing. I, I don't even know. The only reason I caught it was I thought it was weird. One of them, like the way they said the stock thing, I thought was weird. Okay. That was the only reason I caught that one. So that one was pretty good subliminal marketing. Um, the other one was not very subliminal at all. It was very in your face, which was the Lone Star. Club. Bro. They had their entire team yeah. basically in like interview form tell you that they're plastic. The reason it's good is like it's just like really good quality plastic. Yeah. And they just had all of them say it in different ways. Mm-hmm. What? Like they were like, you know what, to be honest with you, the re- like all of them were like, like they're being interviewed. Like the reason I like Lone Star is like, it's just really good quality plastic. Like it's just superior quality. And then like the next person would be like, it's just plastic. Like I've never felt like it's just superior quality. Like it's just, like it's just really good quality plastic.
1: That ad was, that <laughs> ad was, was like come boom, on, boom, strong, boom, 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 boom. there's like six of them in yeah. a row. And
0: they're all just like, it's just superior quality. Like it's just like, and Nico, uh, the way Nico said it, I actually like, agreed with because like superior plastic is very relative right like i think yeah, castle yeah, plastic sure. is some of the best plastic on the market right. i've heard some people feel k1 soft and be like this is gross mm-hmm. it's very relative what people like um but the way nico put it i was like i fully agree with this statement he was like people at home like if you threw the entire lineup you're probably going to end up with a disc or two in your bag yeah and i'm like it. that is a very true statement <laughs> i think that's true for every company but that is a very true statement of like you're going to convince yourself you like it something. is
1: it is funny to have like Uh, When you have like pro endorsements that like, it's when you do a commercial like that and you have pros talking about your product, it's different. It's like, it's one thing if you've got Steph Curry talking about a electrolyte beverage, right? Where it's like, uh, you know, he's being paid to talk about it, but it's not like it's the Golden State Warriors that he's promoting. When you have like the whole Lone Star team basically telling you that their plastic is awesome. It it's, makes me think it's like it's a little like well why no, are they having to tell me they're th- awesome. I think like if you're going to have the, it's obviously like I'm not an idiot like you're going to have your pros do commercials but like it's one thing to talk about how a disc flies and how it fits in their bag cuz like they're they're you know it's a little more relatable but like if you just have like every single pro tell me that their plastics the best like well I've, yeah I mean they But well, yeah. what it did to me
0: is it made me go well, then, like, they must be getting a lot of complaints that their plastic sucks. I, yeah, I don't that's know. That's what it made me think. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I like Lone Star's plastic. I got the Mockingbird in my bag. Yeah, I like Lone Star. But I was a lot. like, for that to be an idea, it was the pretty heavy. It was, it was yeah, pretty heavy. A, a good idea. So, Lone Star, if you're listening to this, I don't know if you do or not. Here's my pitch to you for a commercial that sends the same message. I can't yeah. wait. Uh, go out to an event, have people wipe the stamps of a bunch of different discs. There you go. And give it to people, blindfold them. Have them feel it and say, like, which one do you like the feel of more? And then just cherry pick the ones that pick your disc. And then just, like, have the score <laughs> count up or whatever. Yeah. Then be like, like, have the Warbird you versus You picked Star. Have a Mockingbird versus uh, Leopard 3 or something. I don't know. Yeah. And have people feel it and be like, you know what? I think I like this one, feels way better in my hand, That's feels a great more great blah, blah, blah. This guy's on like, to something.
1: Ding, ding. Josh, if you're ding. listening. So Get this guy on the horn. same
0: exact message gets across. Intellectual property claim though. Way less forced. No, no, that's free. Oh, that one's dang. a free. I would have collected a pay. Way less Shirtable forced. Man. Yeah, because you know, like, I, because I've seen those commercials where like they do blind taste tests and like Kroger and stuff. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And every time I'm like, dang, dude, they think that's better than Gatorade or whatever. And every time <laughs> dang, it gets me. Man, they
2: think that's better every than time Gatorade. it gets me. And then
0: I'm like, Hunter, you know that's cherry picked. Like you know, 99 percent of people that walk through are like this
1: one's better. We'll give you that idea. You just have to send me like 10 Warbirds. There you go and you know what? That was acceptance. Trevor,
0: Trevor will actually do the commercial for you with those ten Warbirds.
1: I would do the commercial for you guys,
2: dude. Ironically, can I get? Oh my Warbird gosh, please! In my bag, such a good disc. If, Put it in your bag. If I, anybody, it's just a very consistent, overstable destroyer. If, if is so good. If
1: anybody watching this has any kind of pool to do commercials on the pro tour, please let me help you. I will do. I'll be in a commercial. I'd be I'd be tickled pink to be in a commercial. As long as it doesn't promote another retailer. But I'll push the heck out of Lone Star, man. You want me to get on one of those polos and get in that dark room and be like, this plastic changed my life? I'll do it. That'd be pretty funny if they just threw me in the middle of all those pros. <laughs> it's like with like a tear on your face. I, yeah, I'm just should like crying. Our, like that
0: be a tweet. Oh my gosh bro, it? <laughs> that'd be so funny. Oh all gosh, of it, and then it's so just hilarious. like Trevor. like your face is just like my, red from crying. I never shot over 850 rated, <laughs> and then I put the mockingbird in my bag and the superior quality of flight, man.
1: This disc saved my life. <laughs> that's funny. That's we got to start editing is. ourselves into commercials more. That's that is funny. Very funny. All right, all right. It's time for the fan favorite segment: Trevor's trivia. All right. Just a little little quick trivia question for you Yep Just a quick one Um, So Calvin's um, Calvin's win On the Pro Tour Just took the spot Of his earliest Pro Tour Win In a season Ever He's never won on the Pro Tour Earlier than that Ever Pro Tour wins only Um, Which event What do you mean by earlier Like like Earlier in the season Calendar Calendar to the day calendar yeah calendar year in the season Um, which pro tour event when and what event was it did he take over it was only by a few days he had one win that was previously his earliest and he just took this one over by a few days and
0: it's pro tour win it is a pro tour win and you're not counting the all-star event nope how is it not Vegas (laughs) he's won this event before (laughs) Well, I guess maybe when he won Vegas, it wasn't a pro tour. Must be what Trevor's saying. Uh. I don't think Calvin's won Waco, but what else would have happened this early? Calvin must have won Memorial when it was a pro tour event. Memorial. What year? Oh, you want me to say the year? Yeah. Uh, The Memorial left the pro tour in twenty. I was about to say. I'm going to go 2019. Memorial.
2: All right.
0: 2020
1: Memorial. Oh, so it was 2020. I didn't know if it left in 2020. 2020, February 27th through March 1st. He had won uh, Vegas, but it was not a pro tour. Mm. So there you go. Good question,
2: Trevor. Great job, buddy. Just the
1: things all I do, you know?
2: (laughs) Um, Your train of
1: thought was good, though. Good train of thought.
0: Yeah, I got there.
1: You got there. I didn't know I
0: was going to have to have the year
1: he won. Well, you know us, man.
0: But it wouldn't matter. I, I had no idea. I couldn't remember when the memorial, because the memorial wasn't there in 2021 then. So we won the last time the memorial won, was put. Yes. So I had that even right. Yeah. I just couldn't remember if it was 2020. You were or 2019. almost so smart. I was so close to so smart. Yeah, because Waco was when um, COVID shut down the Pro Tour. Mm-hmm. They uh, ended Waco like after round two. Yeah, we
1: thought that season was just going to be.
0: We thought the season was mm-hmm. a wash. It was over. Were you on the. No, you weren't on Grip Lock yet.
1: Not until that, that summer.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's been a fast three years, huh? Yep. Um, okay. The Pro Tour has announced updates to the Tour Championship format and end of season awards. Somebody um,
1: talked about this before. Yeah, someone
0: had Wait this idea. Wait a second.
1: So the it Pro really Tour wasn't Championship, us. It was the PGA Tour. Play. Yeah, but we said it We come. said it.
0: We said it. Give us credit. The Pro Tour Championship will maintain its stroke play format, but has a, will have two distinct halves. Not a, not a big fan of the halves thing. I'll talk about that in a second, but I'll explain what is going to happen. So, the semifinals and the finals will have two rounds each for a total of four rounds. So, let's talk the semifinals first. So, all players who qualify for this event will compete in a two-round semifinal. Instead of receiving buys in later rounds, players will be given a number of starting strokes. At the beginning of the semifinals, based on their seed... As determined by pro tour point standing, after the first two rounds, the field will be cut. The top 12 men and eight women will advance to the finals. Any ties will be broken by seed. So the stroke advantage goes as follows. Whoever is in first and the pro tour points will have a six-stroke advantage. Whoever's in second will have a five-stroke advantage. Third and fourth will have four stroke. Fifth through eighth will have three strokes. Ninth through sixteenth, two strokes. Seventeenth through twenty-fourth, one stroke. And then twenty-fifth through thirty-second, zero. On FPO, First, we'll have five strokes, second, four strokes, third and fourth, three strokes, fifth through eighth, two strokes, ninth through twelfth, one stroke, Thirteenth through 20, zero strokes. It's
1: essentially their starting position. Think of it like first place will start at six under par. Yeah. And the people in the last will start at even.
0: Yeah. So then Makes they sense. have two rounds to get to the top 12. So top 12 men, top eight women will advance to the finals. So after the second round um, and the accompanying field cut, all scores will reset to zero Players will then compete over two rounds of regular stroke play to decide as champion with no stroke advantage based on seeds. Yep. Um. So this allows for players, This Jeff Spring said, the alterations uh, of the 2022 championship allow for players to all start competition together in a two-round semifinal, but retains the advantage that players have earned throughout the season by awarding them starting strokes based on seeding. Fans will now get to watch the best players in the world starting in round one, with each round continuing to bring consequential Excitement with advancing players scores reset to even par. We expect two final two round final to bring a new level of excitement to the event while aligning more closely with the multi round events that the pro tour runs throughout the season. Um, so uh, to me, it's a no brainer move because like now, more than likely, you're going to have your top players play all four days, right? Which is like you, what you want. For well, comfort.
1: and you take away you take away the disadvantage to quote unquote where you're not going to have your top players having to deal with players that are hot. Yeah. Everybody starts at the same time, and that's like the biggest importance
0: here. Now, personally, I would like the stroke advantage to be more severe and last all four rounds, personally.
1: Why do you think it needs to be more severe?
0: Well, because like first to second is six to five strokes. So like that's not – across four rounds, it's not really anything. I mean,
1: it's a stroke could be the decide I mean what I think well, the P, I like, does the PGA tour do more than one stroke
0: I don't know what the PGA tour does I'm just saying what I, I would personally so. like I would per because I would just like that to be like again the tour champion is yeah. what people are going to remember mm-hmm. Last year luckily the tour champion and the person who had the most But you points have to have, were the same person.
1: But you can't you can't just walk them you to you the finish line You don't want to give it to them, but right. you want
0: to make it where it's hard for them to lose it in my opinion
1: <sighs> I don't know I don't, I don't I think you give them a head start you're giving you a stroke on the second uh, the second best player and a lot of strokes on the people down down the line and then what i disagree with what i think they should do regardless is i think me all for yeah minutes. i don't i don't agree with the reset i think that very much plays what you're saying um, because i i think that that to me makes i understand what they want they of course they want hey we're going to give you help to get to the cut line but then we really want it to be even but like you said the stroke advantage isn't that severe like I have a hard time believing we're going to get this the end of the second round and be like, well, it's a runaway show. Thank goodness the scores re- reset. Like, I think you've almost more of a chance of there being a runaway show when you reset the scores. Yeah. Like, I, I don't. Yeah, because that doesn't really make any sense to me. That seems like a bit of a cop out or a compromise they were trying to make that I don't think anybody really would have cared.
0: Because I think you want the tour. In my opinion, you want the tour champion to most likely be the best player of the entire year. In my opinion. Because the title's tour champion, like you won yeah, the tour champion. But it's just I, it, so I it, like the stroke advantage. Well, it's just not the type of event they're, they're
1: trying to run. Though, like that's not. I what, agree.
0: I agree with that statement. Then it shouldn't be called the tour championship. Is my is what I'm
1: saying. Well, they're copying golf, and golf is the same way. Like they give that person help, but the point of the event is not for the person to finish first in the standings win. The but they're only given. It's, this you, is you're thinking of it like you're thinking of it like regular season. You champion. agree with me they should remove they shouldn't have
0: the, the cut show yeah
1: but i'm just saying like the way you're thinking of the event is you're thinking of it like there's a regular season champion that's a really hard thing to do so that person should be awarded whereas yes the way that golf has thought about it and the way that disc golf is thinking about it as you are that event is basically just like you're you're not playing for a regular season championship you're playing for your starting spot and then you go into a tournament that happens to utilize that starting spot. It's a weird thing to, to work out because of the fact that the regular season thing is like the hardest thing to do. But I'm just saying like that. That's what they're modeling it after. Well, they're modeling it after the FedEx Cup, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, the FedEx Cup, I don't think they I don't think that person at first gets any more than one stroke over second. But they do obviously keep it in place.
0: What would I be looking for? Scoring head start. Yeah. Why? Why did I just like English just lost my mind? Starting strokes is what I was trying to search for. Um, I just want to see what the starting strokes are. Is there a way to do that?
1: Because the, the bottom line is, like, the tour championship, you want to be an exciting tournament. And I, and I think it's just, I mean, you just don't want to. It's a frustrating thing, I guess, because you're like that player. I think that the player who finishes first in the tour or the regular season should maybe get a bonus.
0: Yeah, they have a two-stroke. So okay. you used to start at ten under okay. par, eight under, six under, five, four, three, two, and I'd be one, fine with and that. Even par
1: now, I'd be fine with that.
0: But the biggest thing to me is Scotty Scheffler, who was the header going in leader leader going into it. I don't even think he won this past year, but he had ten strokes on the people at the bottom, even par. Whereas in disc golf, which is a more, eh, maybe not, but disc golf, I think like
1: disc golf is much less volatile.
0: It depends on the course. Six to zero. Like six strokes across four rounds is a lot different than 10 strokes across four rounds.
1: Yeah, but it, I, golf is way more volatile.
0: But it's also six strokes across two rounds because they're not going all four. But it's a step in the right direction. It's a lot better than the bracket.
1: Yes, it's much better than the bracket. People, you have
0: people playing all four. Di- now, disc
1: golfers were upset about the change. And uh, I don't under, I mean, I've don't. always said, really upset and about here's the change. thing. I've always said that like the bracket format. is it was exciting. It was exciting. It was hard to follow a little bit. Because there was just so much going on and they were all in their individual sections. That's what made it hard to follow was it's like, this now puts everybody in one field. That's just a little bit easier to grasp. And I also didn't feel it was very fair, but it was very entertaining. I'll give it that. So I understand why people are like, what the heck? But at the end of the day, like this is still going to be, I don't know. It'll be more of a truer ending, I suppose. And also like, it'll still be good.
0: And it's more sellable because you have the top players playing all four days. Which I think, I think is a big thing. Potentially. Well, most likely. You at least have them playing the first two days.
1: You definitely haven't played in the first two days, yes.
0: Yeah. And most likely you haven't playing all four days. Because um, the other thing too is like I think the reason I want a, a stronger stroke advantage is the difference like I want I want the playoffs to mean something to the top. Like I want people jockeying for position to care. Yeah, this makes you care a little bit more because if you're in fifth versus first, yeah, that's three stroke. That's three stroke difference. But I want that to be like a little bit, mean a little bit more. Yeah, is uh, why I, like that's I, I just my don't. Head's
1: I think what you're the problem is. I think that that is never going to happen. I don't think that these. I'm
0: happy with like 10, 8, 6, 5. Like if you're in fourth place, you're five stroke difference. If you're in fourth place here, you're two stroke different. Yeah. Like that to me is the I like I, I wish it was a little bit more severe.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't from what I know of following golf, like the playoff events are more so about getting to the next one. Like that's where they make the, the drama is not usually about jockeying for first, second and third in my mind. No, but it's at least a storyline. It's a storyline, but it's right it's, now it's no story I think the playoffs line. will only get really exciting when the field is deep enough that you're like people are just scrapping to get into, actually make it to the next event, which right now making it to the tour championship is, is a thing. Cause that's only the yeah. top 32, but those first couple events, it's like the, almost the whole field is going to yeah. stay in. So now
0: overall though, good change overall. It's a good, um, it's definitely a good it's definitely a step in the right direction. Knowing the pro tour, that's what it is, is it's a step and we'll probably see another step. In a year or two, yeah, I mean, where it will be all four rounds.
1: They'll just have to see how it plays out. Because well,
0: I think the Pro Tour tends to, tends to always like, they like hedge. the Tour cards, for instance. Yeah, they had they, like bets. a few years back. You remember they had like the Tour pass, and they randomly changed the name to Tour card. I'm certainly and you're like,
1: I'm certainly impressed with this move change. because. But then now
0: Tour cards are actually. a thing. I'm impressed year.
1: with this move because they had they knew they were going to get some some bad feedback on this one. People like brackets. I like brackets. I see brackets. I get excited. <sighs> Uh, March Madness coming up.
0: They should just have an exhibition event using that format.
1: Who would play it? Gotta have money, I guess. Gotta have money. Um, People showed up for the All-Star what's, event. What's the purse gonna be? I don't know. This they didn't this say that yet.
0: I don't know yet. Uh, end of season awards—they also uh, updated the criteria. Player of the Year can now very easily be rigged. This award will be determined by a split vote between media and the Pro Tour 50-50. i <sighs> I'm trying to
1: remember last year what it was. We need to find that I think before we comment further, because like, we might have been this last year. But I don't think it was fifty percent to the media. And I'm very—I'm if if it wasn't, and if this is a change, then it seems like a bad one to me. And I'm very tempted to get this entire podcast to vote for somebody just absurd. Now, I will say, on the ballot, they're not going to have every player. No, surely. But... Maybe. If they do, that's even funnier. And also, even if they don't, like... I think it would be... Yeah, so player of the year last year was 33%
0: media, 33% tour points, and 33%... Why did
1: they take that part out? It was
0: 33% media, 33% tour points, and 33% average finish at majors and tour championships.
1: Oh my gosh, so why the heck... There was no fan... That's so dumb. Oh my gosh. So last year, it made a whole lot of sense.
0: Last year, that's why it was like, yeah, this is going to go the best player. Now it's 50%. so stupid. You, You
1: took out the two aspects that were objective... And you just added in the most subjective vote from the from the fans because
0: last year,
1: all right, well, last
0: year very easily Simon Zeller. Are we doing this? Are we year. doing this? No, not yet.
1: We, well, we'll wait, but we might be doing this. We might have to. We might have to teach a little lesson and get somebody criminal to win player of the year because that they cannot be allowed to get away with that. Why you had the two most objective things that you could put in the criteria to guarantee that it made sense. And now you just left it up to just subjective voting. And like the media vote, okay, yeah. It's going be some trusted people, sure, whatever. But the fan vote, man, that's anybody. Like, Oh, and- where did you say fan vote? Tour card players, 50%.
0: You're the one who told me fan, and I just didn't even pay attention. Didn't, you didn't. You just read fan vote. I just said 50% because that's what you told me the other day. No, it's tour card players, 50-50.
1: Well, everything we just said is a lie.
0: Everything right? we just said is a lie. Well, not everything we just said <laughs> Did it a lie. not
1: say that in the original post? No, uh, I'm looking at their
0: post. You just told me fan vote and got me riled up the other day. And then I just didn't even... I was like, yeah, here we go. Time to time I'm to almost, the crowd I'm up. I'm going to have to find... And then I looked back down. I was like, why well, did I say tour card I'm gonna players? Have, <laughs> I'm going to have to
1: find the email because I'm... A, I've, um, I'm almost I still don't like certain it, that I, but it's a well, heck of a lot better. Well, I don't mind it now. Well, as much, but no, I, I still like the the objective. Did I see it in an email? Because I'm almost. Po- I mean, I don't see how I could have read Pro Tour card holder and and, gotten,
0: card and gotten
1: fan votes. I wonder if they Scratch made a typo. Everything
0: we just said. Well, unless Trevor's email
1: says something, let different. me let me find it because like there's no way that I there's no way that I don't I know. I just know wrong. you got
0: me riled up the other day when you said fan vote.
1: Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, how on earth could I have read? I'm
0: glad tour I caught that I this whole podcast and every comment <laughs> was like, you idiots, it's tour card players. Not fan vote. Was it
1: in an email? Where did we where did this come to us? I don't know.
0: I don't know what you're talking about, man. It came to me through you.
1: <laughs> I need to find this now. This is very important.
0: Maybe on Twitter. Check Twitter.
1: Well, but that like that could have been deleted. I need something that couldn't have been deleted. Or well, else now I'm just gonna feel like everything a crazy can be person.
0: Maybe it was on UltiWorld? world.
1: hmm Potentially. I
0: think Trevor might be a crazy person. Trevor's crazy until proven sane.
1: Please, please, somebody. I need this.
0: Maybe you just saw a 50% vote and you thought it was a fan No, No,
1: there's no way. There's no way I would have just read that wrong. Big updates, the Pro Tour, read more. There's just no way. Come on, come on. Where did I see this? I don't know.
0: I just looked at that post It didn't even mention anything About the End
1: of year awards No it's like Right at Click click, go to the This is the post they made No it would have been The Ulti World article maybe That I saw it And it was like Right at It was like snuck in at the bottom
0: Let me go back to the Ulti World article Discgolf.ultiworld.com Pro Tour announces End of season Blah blah blah
1: Ah there it is There it is Player of the year Will be solely decided Based on a 50-50 share Of fan and media votes Okay Okay Thank you Oh my gosh bro so, Ulti World perjured themselves. All right. Ulti World Can Everybody clap it off. up for my journalism. <laughs> Thank goodness, dude. I thought I was going crazy. I knew I... Like, how could I have read that wrong? Player okay. of the
0: Year and Rookie of the Year will be decided solely based on 50-50 share of fan and media. So, votes. who
1: is it? Who wrote that? Was it Eisenhood, that dog? Who wrote that? By Ulti World Disc Golf Staff. So oh, wow. Knows? They're anonymous. They're they do this. Okay. Well, I, first of all, I take back what I said. I'm not... Comp- I'm still a little frustrated the Pro Tour because I think... I like giving the players a vote, but I don't know about the 50-50 situation. That's a little, uh, but I'm not as mad as I would have been. And also, UltiWorld, thanks a lot for making me look like a doofus on air. I feel like more people probably read the Ultiworld article than the one there we was, just the, read. Well, though there was a
0: comment, there was a comment on there. It was like, I really don't like the change for the fan vote. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Okay, okay. Well, it's a Pro Tour oh player. Oh my gosh, dude! They get fifty percent. That them. is. I was, I was like bamboozled when I read it. I was like, did I have a stroke when I read this? <laughs> I swear, dude. I nah. just like, I didn't know I could have misread that. Rookie of the year to be eligible, a player must not have played more than three combined Pro Tour Elite Series events, PJ National Tour events, or PJ Professional Majors in a single previous season. Players who have competed two or more PJ Majors in a single previous. season season will also be ineligible for the award. What? Hmm. Doesn't matter. Oh, I guess the first one's combined. The second one is if you played like two majors in a season. This award will be determined by a split vote between fan and media members. 50-50. Tiebreakers pro tour points. So that's the rookie of the year's fan and media member split. Which that's whatever, that's fine. The rookie of the year is fine. I
1: don't really care. Um, just shouldn't sign here.
0: Uh no most improved should to sign, ma'am. This most improved is determined by a split vote fan and media all rookies are now ineligible for this award. Makes sense. Um, comeback Player of the Year, new Literally, award.
1: Did we have a Comeback Player of the Year?
0: I think we just said that it should have been Simon.
1: Yeah, I'm trying. We, we did, might get,
0: have. Did we give? Did we, we give Simon the most, most improved, improved
1: but we kind of was. Oh, because
0: I think who got most improved? Gannon. Who's Gannon? Yeah, I think Simon should have been Comeback Player of the Year.
1: They invented a new award to fill, fill the yeah, void.
0: This new award is intended to recognize an, a player who either returned from injury, busted a career slump with a strong season, returned to a full tour life after a life event, or otherwise returned to the top of their game after being off the scene for a period of time. It will be determined by a split vote between fans and media members who have voted on a list of no more than five competitors who will be nominated by pro tour card players. Then mm-hmm. um, there will also be votes... Uh, First card, All-Stars were the top four players at Pro Tour point standings into the season. Second and third card, All-Stars, eight players will be determined by three-factor calculation, comparison, fan votes, media member votes, and Pro Tour point standings. Listen,
1: I've said this probably now every year that we talk about the awards, but please do like even a small red carpet event and... May let me be the host. So I want to do it so badly. It's like my dream. If I could host the first ever surely eventually we'll have a disc golf award. The grippies. Uh, well, we have the grippies. I already get to host that. Co-host. Um but you if want there's to let
0: you host it this year completely?
1: No. I like being the co host of this one. <laughs> it's too big to handle. But the Pro Tour Awards would be a good start to my career. If there's a first <laughs> ever Disc golf Pro Tour Award show, I need people to have my back that I said I want to host it and I really think I could do a good job. And also, I just want to see audition right now. Nope.
0: Good, good. I don't want to give up my material. Smart. Um,
1: Mm. The I just want to see all of the disc golfers dress up for a red carpet event. Um, Even if you just want to do it virtual, like they do everything virtual these days. Uh, No, no. no. Take it back. Even if they want to do it virtual, I'll take take it. it. I'll still take the hosting gig. Virtual wouldn't. I just want I want an envelope. You got to feed off the audience. I want an envelope, and I want to be able to open it and say like Comeback Player of the Year, Missy I think Gannon. we have Drew
0: Gibson do stand-up to open for you.
1: I agree. I agree. That, that's good. That's good. But uh, it, how funny would that be, man? Like, I want it so bad. I want a red carpet disc golf event. <laughs> I dream of it. It'll be so funny.
0: Um, final topic on grip We can do it in a show. high school
1: auditorium for all I care.
0: Uh, Natalie Ryan has filed a complaint against the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Yeah, to wrap up PDGA. the show,
1: let's just drop a bomb here. Uh, yeah.
0: Uh, so Natalie Ryan is suing the Pro Tour, the PDJ, and the organizers of the OTB Open.
1: Thousand Rated Productions.
0: Yeah, Thousand Rated Productions for violating California law. Um,
1: you want me to give my summary? Yeah, that would actually does be So
0: I, I was I going to uh, read the Ultra World article, but Trevor, so, watched the disc golf.law video, which you can find too. You can also find the complaint in this Ultra World article. You can find the actual official n- yeah. complaint.
1: So basically, um, um, what is happening here is. Natalie Ryan is using California civil civil rights law to use this complaint because California has different law that project it protects gender expression and identity under their protected classes. That's something that California does. Uh, there's not a lot of precedent for like the athlete side of this thing. A lot of like other states, for example, protect uh, student athletes or or work against them even. Uh, but this is kind of unprecedented for a pro-transgender athlete. What you do, so what you're having here is she is using that to basically say that she should be able to compete in the OTB Open, and then she's also uh, complaining and looking for uh, punitive damages based on um, the idea that she was targeted by this policy that was created, um, and she's looking for monetary damages, based on her potential loss of income and also based on humiliation, embarrassment, basically all of that as well. Um, so, there, are, from what I what I've saw from the disc golf.law analysis is there are kind of two facets to this situation right now. It's, there's a lot to happen still. Um, number one, you have the defense of the pro tour slash PDGA, which could be to just move the event outside of California right? Like that could be a defense potentially that could could simplify things. But then maybe the bigger question in this case is, will the court find, could the court find that the PDGA and the Pro Tour were targeting Natalie Ryan specifically with this? And then what implications would that have? So what this case probably doesn't mean from the OTB, like the OTB thing was kind of just like more of a side part of this case, it seems like to me, because like if that, that event only has to do with California, so like that doesn't really, if that part of it were like overturned and she was allowed to play in that event, that to me doesn't really change anything because the Pro Tour next year could just not have an event in California if they wanted to solve that. Um, but where the implications of this case to me sit is the idea of what she targeted um, and then does that allow her to force an overturning of their policies. I don't think so. What it might mean is that they owe her damages potentially. Um, but that's where everything sits right now. And it's just in the complaint stage right now. We haven't seen what could happen. I don't know. It's it's kind of like the other lawsuit where it's like, what is Natalie Ryan's endgame? Is it just to collect a payday or is it to try and end up back on the tour? Because that to me seems very grim. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm halfway tempted to have... My boy Chris Clark back on my show again and talk over it because it's um, crazy. We got back to back lawsuits.
0: Yeah, back to back weeks. Like, what lawsuits. in the world did Natalie Ryan in the complaint mention the two different policies from the PDGA? Or do you know that? Yes,
1: yes, it was. I believe it is mentioned. Either either Chris Clark mentioned it or it was mentioned in the complaint. But in my opinion, the strongest attack against the pdga here is that they decided to adopt two different policies one that's where like the targeting claim comes for is like they have a whole different policy for their elite series and major events versus just their a tiers and they're almost contradicting themselves yeah like why does the if their whole point of their policy was fairness why does only this part of the game need to be fair so like that to me does not look great um, and we said that from the beginning, and that's going to be interesting to see how that all yeah, plays I was out.
0: That was like one of the first things we said on that when right. the PDGA laid down the hammer with this ruling. We were like, the, the two different rules makes zero sense. Because yeah. like, if you're saying this is fair enough for an A tier, why isn't it fair enough for the Pro Tour? Mm. And if you're saying, oh, no, it's got to be this to be fair enough for the Pro Tour, then you're basically throwing A-tiers to the side and yeah. saying A-tiers aren't as important in the PDGA's so, eyes.
1: Yeah, that, that is um, where this gets interesting. Now,
0: how that means legally, like, no clue, because I don't know anything legal-wise. What is interesting, too, though, is Natalie Ryan is currently prepping for the Memorial Championships. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's this upcoming weekend, an A-tier. So she's going to be playing in an A-tier based on those A-tier rules from the PDGA. Yeah. Um, I don't know, it would be very interesting to see where this ends up, how it all goes, it would suck for uh california if they got their one pro if the pro tour and the pdga were like oh let's just move the otb open and then like all the we get comments about like is the pdga going to spend like more is pro tour going to yeah. be in california more it would suck if like <laughs> that what, would be the, wild. if the pro tour and the pdga were like okay our best defense is to move the otb open out of california and then california has no pro tour events yeah that would just be a sucky side effect of the whole thing obviously that's not what any of this is about but i just we get that comment so yeah. much that I was like, "Can you imagine if like that was like one of the PDJ Pro Tours push? Like, then you have a whole and different push back." That's, what
1: I, that's what I need to ask Chris about the most is like, what does what does Natalie look for in in a settlement situation? Like, is she willing to just take a payday and and just well, go uh, go on, away, or is she really looking to get back to the tour and like i don't see that happening in some kind of settlement or even like a like that that to me says that it could have to go to trial
0: it'd be interesting if maybe maybe what she's coming from i i don't know this seems like a little bit of a stretch to me but like maybe it's something where if she can prove that she can play in the otb open then maybe there's some some way somehow that like if the rule can't apply to the entire, uh, the rule can't apply to the entire tour. It can't apply at all. I don't know. I don't know. Here, well, it, it, but it, w- it would be because if her if her end game um, is just the the if it's just to get a payday, then day, that could be over and done with very be quick. A settlement that this never goes farther. But from what I've seen with like the GoFundMe and her Instagram posts and stuff like that. I would be surprised if all she wants is a payday. Yeah. That would be I that agree. would be surprising to me. But it, it, it could be like maybe that's all that her legal team feels that she can get. Yeah. Is uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna be an interesting one to keep our eyes on. We do we, have, we did expect this one yeah, to come at some point. So I kind of forgot about it. This is a lawsuit it, yeah. that we did expect. Last week's lawsuit we didn't expect at all. Um and this is initially she's just filed a complaint against the PDJ, but that is the start what of the What we do lawsuit. have
1: now is two Two lawsuits, which means that we have now twice the chance of one of them actually going to trial, and I'm going. If one of them goes to trial, I'm going. The well,
0: tough part is this one will probably be in California. I,
1: I don't care. All right. I don't care. I'm, Trevor I'm, will be there. I need to be there. I need to be in that courthouse. I have to witness history and cover it for the people.
0: Yeah. Well, so that. this is going to be another fascinating one to see how it shakes down, because the other thing, too, that I had the question of is... Um, you know, obviously, she's filing complaints to the PDGA, the Pro Tour, and a thousand rated production, which is the right. the people behind the OTB Open. But to me, like the PDGA, the targeting claim with the PDGA makes sense because the PDGA has the two things. Mm-hmm. The Pro Tour just kind of adopted the PDGA, so they only adopted the one rule. Mm-hmm. So, but they also the Pro yeah. Tour had no say in making the rule mm, as wow. well. <laughs> Yeah, well, on, the, paper, outside on in, paper, yes. the outside looking on paper, yes. And then a thousand rated productions—they're kind of just like they also have no sense. <laughs> right? Like, is it for me? The PDGA, like that argument, I can see it makes sense. But then you get one step out of it with the Pro Tour. And I'm like, I wonder if the Pro Tour can get out. Yeah, I don't know how. And that, then you get one step farther with thousand rated production. I'm like, I wonder if they can get out.
1: That's one thing I'm not sure about. Um,
0: that's where I don't know legal stuff as to like how they have to all be tied in, or is it a, a situation where like they're all tied into the initial complaint, but then. It ends up being yeah. mainly Like I wonder where The strongest case is I guess is what I'm
1: asking uh, But I don't know how that works It'll be
0: a fascinating one We'll keep you up to date As much as we, we can um uh, As stuff comes out About it's this one be, And the <laughs> Prodigy v. Burr There
1: are going to be Some crazy like Side storylines And here's the thing that, that Prodigy v. Burr Hearing is supposed to be On Friday I
0: March think. 3rd I think yeah Yeah so the second hearing of that. So we'll hopefully get an
1: update. Maybe. Hopefully
0: next Monday we'll have some form of update with the, the Prodigy case. Um, I don't stuff, know man. what the next development will be for this Natalie Ryan case. It's but exciting. It's interesting. It's very interesting. We'll have more uh, more to talk about this season than ever before, it seems like. So you want to stay tuned if you want to keep up to date with all that stuff. And uh, obviously, thank you to everyone who tuned into the preview show. We've heard some feedback. We're going to make a few changes um, to continue to up the quality, but you know that's going to be a great spot to watch before the tournaments happen, and then obviously you'll have grip locked after. I mean, we both every event. So
1: we both predicted the winners. So what does we that did. Tell you? If you want to know who wins every event, then just show show up. To the that was a day. hot
0: start. Pretty Calvin impressive. and Cat. Boom boom.
1: Was it that crazy of predictions? No.
0: But actually, getting the NPO the winner, NPO
1: one was tough. That's impressive of us.
0: Yeah, I almost had, I almost, I almost had, had Kyle Klein snuck into my top three. He was, he finished in fourth.
1: Yeah, that would have been pretty. I insane.
0: almost had first and third in NPO and first and third in FPO. You're goaded. So I'm on a hot streak right now. Don't fade me. Don't fade, fade Trevor. All don't, right. Don't, don't do it. We'll talk to you again next week.